That's right, everyone. Welcome back to 80s High, the podcast you can't wait to tear open like a wax pack and be overcome with the nostalgia it contains. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Ben. And this is 80s High. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Ben. It's good to see you. Welcome back, Christopher. It feels like forever since I've seen you. We've barely spent any time together. My Uh, gosh. (laughs) You look so different. Oh my gosh, listeners, we just returned from a a trip together, about a week-long trip to parts unknown. We took a legit vacation. How nice was that? Vacation. Neither of us murdered each other. It was (laughs) shockingly surprising. No. Uh, We had a good time, and we we mention it because 80s Nostalgic came up on the trip. As we were talking to some fellow travelers, we started talking about it, and we are like, hey, we actually do a podcast about it called 80s High. And the memories just kind of kept stacking on each other. Ben, it was like dominoes, like, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this. It was Yeah, they were, they were on a roll. You know, we were in this, we were in a dining room and um, somebody was playing 80s music randomly. And we were like, oh, yeah, we really like 80s music. And they're like, well, come on. You young gentlemen look too young to know anything about the 80s. You young dashing <laughs> men, you. Uh, and we're like, no, well, actually, we kind of know a thing or two. We, uh, we were, oh, we were sharing what... Um, Hobbies we all started oh, during right. the last oh, two yeah, years. Oh, yeah, like a pandemic hobby. That's right. Right. And we mentioned, oh, well, we started this podcast. And then you're right, for like an hour and a half, <laughs> it was just like dropping proper nouns of like, oh, do you remember this? Do you remember this? Oh, I remember this. And they they loved it. It brought them right back right away. It was awesome. It was yeah. really good. And as Ben mentioned, like right after we talk about it, we hear this radio playing in the background. It's like blasting out of the kitchen, basically. And it's like talking heads, Corey oh, yeah. Hart. I wear my sunglasses at night. It was just <laughs> all was these perfect. like beautiful tunes coming out, like Cindy Lauper. It was just so good. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. So uh, that was fun. And now, of course, we're back here today with a little bit of a surprise. My goodness gracious. Do we have the honor of not being alone once again on 80s High? Not only that, Ben, we have a return champion. This is like the, the champion... Jeopardy, where all of the former winners come back. Oh, yeah. I love it. We have a returning co-host, Aaron. Aaron, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. It's great to be back. Uh, We're so excited. You may remember Aaron's voice from our Miracle on Ice episode in season one. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. We know sports. And And we've got him back now for the Miracle (laughs) on Slice, which is about the founding of Domino's in the 80s, one of the highest takeoff franchises ever. Miracle on Slice. Uh, Miracle on Slice. (laughs) It's how Domino's came to be. Everything comes together when we do this show. It's just all of these layers that nicely fold into each other. Cheese, pepperoni, sauce, layers. I like where you're going. It's, it's like perfect. the last five minutes of a Seinfeld episode. That's right. <laughs> All those competing storylines somehow merge together in this beautiful symphony. Look, this episode is all going to be all about puns, and I might as well get started now. Okay, we just dive right in. Oh, no, it's great. I, I love it all. And, you know, I guess you were Coach Aaron on the last episode. Are you, like, collector of fine antiquities, Aaron, today? <laughs> or is it... um? 
<laughs> I don't think any moniker is really needed. So. What about our resident garbologist? Since we're talking about garbologist, I like sure. that. <laughs> Call me Oscar. <laughs> A garbasur. <laughs> or I could call you Ashcan Aaron, uh, jumping oh, yeah. a little bit ahead. But it was like God. Baron Aaron, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, that's no. right. Baron Aaron? Like a sphinx. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> well, well, listen, everyone. Uh, if you just clicked play for some reason and have no clue what we're talking about, this episode is about the 80s collectible phenomenon that was Garbage Pail Kids. Super exciting. We can't wait to talk about it, but... I didn't forget this time. Before we launch right into the topic in history class, I think we need to hear a little bit about what's going on in school today. Let's get those announcements going. Attention 80s high. I'm Travis here to share today's homeroom announcements. Are you a millennial like me who peaked in high school or maybe just can't stop thinking why the 80s had to end? Please look no further than to the 80s high podcast. Sign up for their email, and you can suggest show topics, send corrections, and share other memories and opinions on the 80s, and we will read them on the show. Email 80shighpodcast at gmail.com to join. That's 80S. Where's the beef? Today's lunch menu will be a generous slab of Salisbury steak with french fries and jello. Just a reminder that Garbage Pail Kids are still banned during school hours, but after school today... Bring them into the cafeteria to trade and compare with friends. An after-school club that's sure to get trashy. Don't forget the Fighting Mogwai soccer team is in the state finals. Go out and cheer them on to a win. But I hope it doesn't rain. Follow 80s High Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Let the professionals make the 80s bodacious again. Thank you and have a cowabunga day. Go Mogwais! All right. The number of times we imitate our own theme music <laughs> and I cut it out. I, I should just leave them all in. It's so much fun. It just shows <laughs> such an earworm. Yeah, yeah. In, in season one, we literally sang them for a few episodes because we didn't have stingers yet. That's true. <laughs> so we were trying to like remember where stuff was happening. That's true. <laughs> we're like, interstinger here. <laughs> 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 You Look should uh, totally do a, a takeoff of uh, How I Met Your Mother and, and do where you like sing over the music like Barney did in the one. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> uh, so good. Wonderful. Okay, well, let's get to history class and learn where did these delightfully crass, <laughs> curious, collectible curios come from, Garbage Ooh. Pail Kids. Okay. What do you say, gents? I'm going to hop in this metal silver can and roll out down the hallway and meet you there. <laughs> so I actually walked here like in stomp. Remember they strapped the oh, trash yeah, cans stop. to their Bang. feet? I heard the lids coming down on your feet. That was good. Yeah, that's what I, I'm I doing. hopped you in the can. That's why all that noise was. You were, on, you were sitting on the can? Is that what you I said? I was hopping in my can. Oh. <laughs> Sitting on the can. Yes, and, uh, there Is we. That I knew that would come up. Yeah. Were you doing like a sack race, but you were yes, in a garbage exactly. can? Instead? Yeah, you said it was going to be Oscar for the show. That's true. That's true. That's true. You got to be in the can. Okay, so let's start off. There's there's a great history here, but first off, what are garbage pail kids? Aaron, you are our guest for a particular specific reason. Can you describe what garbage pail kids are to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So they came out in 1985, and they were stickers that were basically parodies of the wildly popular Cabbage Patch Kids. 
That was a toy phenomenon back in 83, 84. You could not find them. People were brawling in stores to get them for people for Christmas, and that's not an exaggeration. So Topps decided to uh, capitalize on that and popularity, and they started making these crass, crude stickers. And just like anything Topps back in the day, they came with that horrendous, desiccated gum that would shatter in your mouth <laughs> oh, and lose flavor in two seconds. Shocks. Shocks. <laughs> Absolutely. It was like a stick of Pepto-Bismol that mm. lost its flavor. Oh my <laughs> so, God, no. So yeah, they were a, a big craze. And just like the dolls that they were based on, you absolutely could not find them anywhere in stores. Mm. Places like drugstores and stuff that would carry them would get them in and they'd be gone in two seconds. Uh, you, you have to be lucky to be able to find any. Absolutely. Well, history over. Aaron just covered everything. So, this is amazing. Class. I did all this research and Aaron just beautifully said it in like a minute and a half. That was great. Nailed it. Garbageville Kids, as Aaron mentioned, a series of sticker trading cards produced by Topps Company. And each sticker featured a character that had some kind of comical abnormality, deformity, and or was suffering a terrible, painful fate or death. Oh, uh, usually with a humorous wordplay on the character's name. Uh, the very classic ones are Adam Bomb and the counterpart Blasted Billy. And indeed, there were two versions of each of these cards that were produced. What was Blasted Billy's look? Like, it, does Blasted look like, is he like 2 a.m. at like a tavern? What is Blasted Billy's? <laughs> it was the same thing as Atom Bomb, as Chris was just saying. Each card had its own design, but they would make two different names for the same design. And one would oh. be called A and the other would be B. So it would be card 21A and 21B and they'd have different names. So it was just kind of a way from a collector's standpoint that they could double the amount of cards in the series, even though it was the exact same artwork. They didn't have to double the, the creation of the characters. Yeah. And it was nothing regional. Like you could only get nope. Blast and Billy in the UK or something. Not a thing. I think it really, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong. It really fed into just the collectible culture of like, oh, well, I have Blast and Billy, but I really want Adam Bomb. Or yeah, I have, exactly. It yeah. was the, the completionist aspect. But then there were also... Ones like that one, most people wanted Adam Bomb. They didn't want Blasted Billy. Or the, the famous vampire one, everybody wanted Nasty Nick, not the other one. Right. Nasty Nick. Evidenced by the <laughs> fact you don't even know its name. So. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. I really do not recall his name. Vampire who shall not e be named. Evil Eddie. Oh, I Evil Eddie. checklist oh, right in front of me on my Adam Bomb card. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, Aaron okay. is coming to us with uh, a great collection in hand. You said you have roughly how many cards in your possession, Aaron? Uh, a couple hundred of them from the first three series. Okay. What? Awesome. That's amazing. Well done. So we may need to reference some of this from time to time, but uh, he has all the source material right there, which is great. That's and, awesome. And as Aaron mentioned, there's stickers. So the stickers on the front were like a die cut. And so the character in the nameplate, as well as the Garbage Pill Kids logo, could peel off from the card. Although, I don't know. Like, maybe we'll get into this in chemistry. Did you guys ever see anyone peel those stickers off? I feel like I never saw that. I think it was probably an accident. Most people <laughs> in my grades were all, we would take them and trade them at recess and yeah. hope they didn't get confiscated in the process. So, <laughs> 100%. I just, I never saw anyone peel them off. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Was that a well-known thing? Like... Was it just missed that people didn't know they were a sticker or just not something people wanted to do? I think it's just something people didn't want to do because, okay. I mean, it, it said on even on the, the wax packs like that they were stickers. 
but it's it's clear that there's stickers on here. You can clearly see the lines on the cards where the sticker comes off. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that just ruins it. If you peel the sticker off, like then you're gonna lose it. It's gonna get scratched up. It's all wrinkly. Come on. Which is why nobody did it. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe if people did, they were like, "Dope," and then they go buy more cards to try to replace that irreplaceable Fran Fran they tore up. So yeah, and on the back of the cards, they featured a lot of different things. Some of them had like humorous licenses or awards. Some had comic strips. Others were um, part of a mosaic, so they had part of an image, and when you flip them all over, you could build a... It's like a, a Transformers when they would all <laughs> combine <laughs> together to make the... What were the giant Transformers called? My goodness. The Constructicons. Constructicon, thank you. It's almost like that. You could piece them all together, maybe like 20 or 30, I can't remember, and then you'd, make, you'd have like a giant card on the back. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And even in more recent releases, they have like humorous Facebook profiles for the characters. So lots of cool stuff in just this one little card. So where did it come from? Aaron mentioned some of the origins, one of the very important origins, but there's actually two others I want to talk about. Mm. And the first one is uh, what's called Wacky Packages. Wacky Packages. So Topps Company, as we've mentioned... You know, they have a, a lot of products in their line, a lot of different cards. I think they're probably best known for like their baseball cards, but they also had a lot of success with other types of cards that were based on like popular films or TV shows, as well as these humorous card lines. And one of the most popular were called Wacky Packages. And these were parodies of consumer products. Ben, are you, it sounds like you're maybe familiar with these? Well, only in preparation for the show. And I, okay. again, I love them because you just go through them and it's like sitting around with a bunch of dads who are just making really bad puns. <laughs> they're all puns and they're like, oh, okay, well, I got a guy who's an artist. That was funny. I'm just going to go turn that pun into a card. Did you have some of them on hand that you saw? I, just some that I looked up. Uh, there was the only one I just saw recently. I was watching a documentary on Garbage Pill Kids to get ready for this. And it was G.I. Toe. Nice. And like the card looked like uh, it was an all-American zero. And it was just like a card about a G.I. <laughs> like a... A GI who stubbed his toe, and he's, like, holding his toe crying because he hurt his toe. That's great. Yeah, they're great. Some of the other ones were, like, crust, toothpaste, making fun of crust. Yes. Pepsi Cola that had, like, a, a <gasps> dog on it. And one of my favorites, Pepto-Dismal. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's good. Um, so, again, these wacky packages were really successful. Another line that Tops had were garbage candy and I don't know if you guys remember these. They were these brightly colored little garbage pails, and they were filled with, like, fruity candies. Ben, you may have tried them since it's one of the few candies you weren't allergic to as a child. Uh, I can't say I have. Maybe I've tried to black out the memory because of the flavor. I uh, have no recollection of eating these. So apparently they just had little candies in them that were tasty, of course, but shaped like garbage. So it might be like a dog bone or an old shoe or a dead fish. Oh my God. And so you'd open up the little garbage can and pull out the candies and just chomp on them. So good. I never, I I don't know if I ever heard of those. Aaron, did you? I never had those. No, I I didn't. But, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things of when you're a kid, you get locked into a few candies and I'm not sure true. I ever even looked for them. So yeah, right. that's true. I was too busy diving into a fun dip packet. So <laughs> if you'd like to review what candies of the eighties you like to dive in, check out our episode from season one, that's sweet true. treats. Our sweet treats. Yeah. We cover Streaming now on oh, so many things, so many things. Reese's pieces and nerds. That's where it was at. Reese's oh yeah. Pieces. Oh yes. Oh yes. So, that's two of the big things that come together to start Garbage Pail Kids. And the third is the one Aaron mentioned, of course, Cabbage Patch Kids. The big consumer frenzy, as you mentioned, violent, 
<laughs> riots in toy stores. It's much like uh, like the Tickle Me Elmo craze and the Beanie Baby craze where people are just, they lose all sense of like common decency and just go feral. And there's a video of people doing that with these Cabbage Patch dolls. And the dolls were a big hit largely because they featured these really elaborate backstories. And they, you know, they kind of like cloyingly adorable, goofy looking faces. And anyway, it was like the big rage of the early 80s. And so when these three things came together, Tops was like, we got a cool idea. And it was originally going to be part of the Wacky Packages line, but execs at the company wisely decided, you know what, this is so good, let's just make it its own product line. And what a great decision because it became ultimately a huge success. And I don't know that it would have if it was under the Wacky Packages moniker. So I have a question on this that I feel like both of you are poised well, because both of you will have different elements to bring together to answer this question. One of you dove into the history and did a lot of research on garbage pail kids one of you knows sport ball so i feel combined (laughs) you guys have got this tops was not known as a company making silly cards this is sort of like when nintendo was like we're gonna make a video game system well hey you make playing cards what are you doing Mm -hmm. tops did baseball cards they also branched out through the years. They made cards for pop culture as well. So, I mean, you can find cards for like Superman the movie from the late 70s that oh. Tops made. Um, you can, I think they made Star Wars trading cards as well. I point. had them for the Batman movie, the <gasps> like the first so cool. the, Keaton. Um, the Keaton Batman. Yeah, I had one and it had the different characters and all that. Yeah. But had they like. But so man, our- they made wacky packages. That was Tops. Sure. Okay. Well, they, okay. Maybe the question still helps. Maybe it doesn't. But like, so our podcast, one might use the word derivative because we're not original. We're commenting on other people's art. Okay. And that's what we do. Yes. And like with baseball cards and pop culture cards, Tops is just making cards about other stuff people already like. But GPK is an original idea that they're putting out there. Like, how does that work in the in the universe of Tops? I think it was just brilliant marketing, to be honest, because they were capitalizing on a craze that was hitting both genders. Mm -hmm. Boys had, I had the Cabbage Patch Kid when I was little. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it was all little kids had them. And so, you know, these, cause they tended to be, have gross elements to them. I, I, you know, the boys mainly had them, but I knew girls that had them too. My classmates when I was eight or nine years old in third, fourth grade. So I think they just capitalized on a craze. And I mean, they got sued for it, <laughs> which I'm sure we'll discuss. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, I think that was somebody was just like, hey, here's something else we can stick gum in and produce cheap and make a ton of money on. <laughs> so, and we know how much you love marketing, Ben. So. <laughs> I do. And look how complimentary you guys are. I'm really appreciating it. Wow. Well, and, and part of it, too, is almost like a, a secret that kids are in on that parents don't necessarily know about, right? Because they are gross and, you know, they do portray things like drinking and smoking. Smoking like, weed. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They, they do portray things like that. It was like <laughs> toilet, literal toilet humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, I think that that's like a big piece of it is just like it was it was that little inside secret. It was like kids counterculture. And this is really, you know, the 80s, as we've talked about before, is really the birth of marketing to children. And so to Aaron's point, let's capitalize on that and make something that you know, baseball cards adults could collect. I don't know that adults back in the 80s had any interest in something like Garbage Pail Kids. Current <laughs> adults do because they grew up with them, of course. But right. anyway, so I, I think that's part of it. 
So when this all comes together, we get comics legend Art Spiegelman. Yeah. He comes up with a product idea. Again, after the success of those creations, garbage candy, wacky packages, he sees the Cabbage Patch Kid craze going wild. Art Spiegelman, just kind of to jump ahead later, becomes very well known for a groundbreaking graphic novel that he did, which has recently got more publicity. Had which a lot is, of attention on it in the news recently. Sure did. Um, it's about the Holocaust. It's called Mouse, uh, for which he won a Pulitzer Prize in 1992. And that's actually yeah. kind of come up. So this is this is that guy. This is that same guy who's created this really profound piece of graphic novel you know, artwork. Some might say in a different way, this is also profound <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for, for kids' culture. But um, so Art Spiegelman teams up with Mark Newgarden. They're kind of both art directors on the first series. They bring in John Pound, who is the artist who does all of the artwork for the card fronts. And Tom Bunk comes in and he does all of the artwork for the card backs. So they start working on this, as I mentioned they decide we don't want to give this the wacky packages treatment. It's its own property. Which I feel like John Pound could be his own Garbage Pail Kids card to begin with. Like he's either boxing and punching somebody or he's got like the jackhammer <laughs> like, slamming into a street. There's a Pound Puppy connection somehow. Yes. He works at the Pound. Yeah. Crossover marketing. <laughs> oh yeah, he works at the Pound. That's perfect. That's perfect. So that all comes together, and as Aaron mentioned, in June 1985, the original Series 1 was released and was such a success that 15 different series of Garbage Pail Kids were produced between 1985 and 1988. Fifteen series. Oh, my God. And Aaron, which series did you say you've got in front of you there? One through three. One through three, and there were 15. What is happening? In a matter of... A few brief years, but 1988 is a very hard stop. Aaron alluded to that. We'll come back to it in just a second. Hard stop. Um, But as this is becoming very successful, it also blows up internationally. And these cards are released in other countries under some pretty funny names. I will attempt some of the in-language versions. My apologies if you're from these countries and speak these languages. Here come our Uh, writings. I will also do the English translation. So we have... Bukimi-kun in Japan, that's Mr. Creepy, is the name there. (laughs) Awesome. It's referred to as the garbage gang in many countries, Australia and New Zealand, as well as Spain and Israel. Hmm. Uh, The the translations are La Pandilla Basura and Havarat Hazavil. Boy, I like that one. We have the Trashlings in (laughs) Latin America, uh, Basuritas. We have in Brazil, there's two names, so I don't know if they're interchangeable. There's Gangdolixo and Locomania, so Trash Gang slash Crazy Mania. Well, they're just going with the AB cards from the rest of the series. You're trying to collect both in uh, Brazil. There it you is. you got to get both versions. <laughs> Different names per version. I love it. Yeah. Uh, in Italy, it's the Snotlings. Amazing. I like the Snotlings. <laughs> Sorbians. And it's the Filthies in France and Belgium. Las Crados. <laughs> Les Crados. Les Crados. Oh, my God. And my favorite, uh, in Germany... The total kaputen kids, the totally broken kids. <laughs> oh my god, that's so sad. Uh, Der total kinder, what did you say? The uh, total kaputen kids. Der total kaputen kids. That's so that great. That's tragic. Yeah, it's that's interesting. Awesome. It wasn't kinder. Like that's interesting. Maybe kinder, right? The jungen. I would think so. Yeah. So yeah, big success. Uh, so much so that. <laughs> We'll get to this in uh, chemistry class. A live action movie 
was created oh and released in 1987 called the Garbage Pale Kids movie. Somebody on this podcast may have watched it. On his, let me be clear, on his own accord, he cannot blame this on anybody else. Some might say that I was actively dissuading him from doing so. Um, his name does not rhyme with Aaron, so you can guess which other person <laughs> I might be referring to. I just want to remind you, we went over this in the Elaine Boozler episode, that that episode was supposed to just be about the Party One special, but we listened, no, we watched every one of her specials we could find, and we try, we're, we're completionists, and for Garbage Pail Kids, somebody had to fall on the, the disgusting, slimy, trash-covered sword and watch the movie for you, and one of us... One of us loves you so much that we did it. Well, I, I it. think it's more akin to me watching either the Battleship movie oh, and yeah. or Christmas Story 2. Like, that's, yeah, the, that's right. the better comparison because we love yeah. all the Elaine Boozler specials. They were pretty fabulous. These other experiences not. were no. not so good. No. Not so good. Mm-hmm. But you may have actually drawn the shortest of straws. So we'll get to that. <clears throat> also that year, there was an animated television series oh. that was set to air, but it was stopped due to parental complaints. What? Proving once and for all that parents have pester power too. <laughs> How dare you? I wonder what was yeah. so off-putting. Well, having well, seen the movie, we will it's get to horrific. it. I'm going to talk about it in chemistry, as a matter of fact. Oh, so good. we'll get okay, to okay. it. Okay, we'll get to it. Great question. What we've been building to, of course, that Aaron mentioned. What happens? Why did they just run through 1988? Big commercial success. Well, there was a wee bit of a lawsuit. Uh oh. In 1986. Tops was sued by the original Appalachian Artworks Incorporated uh, for copyright infringement, trademark infringement, and unfair competition. As you might guess, they are the manufacturers of the Cabbage Patch Kids. I thought you were going to say of the Trash Rail Children card collection. Uh, which, so there's a lot of troubles going on. <laughs> trash Rail. Wow. Jeez. Good Lord. Part of the main complaints of the lawsuit are the similarities of the logo design, the product naming, and the likeness of the characters to their Ooh. dolls. Tops try to argue, hey, these are just a parody or satire of Cabbage Patch Kids and therefore protected by fair use defense of copyright infringement. Right. Guess what? The court did not agree. What? Not protected under fair use doctrine. And therefore, later in 1986, they were ordered to stop producing Garbage Pail Kids. Having myself sat through some marketing uh, law courses, I I am shocked that these don't very clearly fall under parody. Very clearly. Well, the judge said that there's a fine line between parody and piracy, and that they were little more than an attempt to make money. Uh, well, then tell me what the cabbage patch <laughs> dolls were. As if cabbage right. were. Like, come on now. <laughs> what are you Splitting talking? hairs now, right? Wow. So eventually, Tops was able to negotiate an agreement where they could continue to produce Garbage Pail Kids with significant design changes. First and foremost, the logo had to be different. Okay. So if you see the old cards, they're like an arch shape, and now they're like a banner. Uh, So they do look a little different. Okay. They also had to change the design of the characters. And as a result, if you look at cards in the later series, they just look more plastic and less cute. And you can just, you really tell a difference. Uh, starting with series, the original series nine, that's where you're going to notice mm. they don't look like the Cabbage Patch dolls anymore. They have a very different appearance. Because of the changes to the style after the lawsuit, sales started to decline. Kids started to outgrow the fad. And Top said, you know what? We're done. And they pulled the garbage. Pale Kids line. Original oh, Series 15 no. 
that was released in December of 1988 was the last of the original series releases. And a planned 16th series was in the works, and they just abandoned it mid-production. But actually, people found some unfinished versions. This this sounds like something that is in a, a movie that doesn't actually happen or like a sign. This is actually a Seinfeld episode to go back to that. People found in the dumpster behind tops. They found no. the like the uncut sheet of like the big layout. And so you can like find those online. Uh, that just reminds me of when Kramer finds the old Merv Griffin set. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about talking- those eight ET cartridges they dug up oh, in yes. Arizona recently. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Are you talking about the series sixteen? Though there was like the half finished one they found in the dumpster. Like you yeah. get your hands on that. Yeah, so you can wow. see the concept artwork from sixteen. So it's it's findable online, but um, they were never produced even after the fact. So wow. that's kind of where the history leaves us for. 1988, and Garbage Pail Kids go silent for a long time. What do you all say we run down the chemistry class? Sorry, we bang our way down the chemistry class and all of our various garbage can modes of transportation. And we talk about our experience and other people's experiences with these cards. What say you gentlemen? Let's go. Wait, what is that sound down the hallway? Beep. Guys, it was something's lifting off my can. I can't. I was off. (laughs) Okay, well, we're sad to report Ben has been crushed. Um, (laughs) Rest in peace. But the show goes on, everybody. Uh, The show goes on. (laughs) Rest in pieces. Rest in pieces. I'm sure there's a funny name that we could call this new Ben. Um, Broken Ben. Broken Ben. (laughs) It's like the German version. What what was the German one called again? The total kaputten Ben. The The totally broken Ben. Ben. It's so sad. Well, speaking of names, to kick this off, I presented to my two co-hosts. I said, what if we came up with a garbage pale kid concept for each other? A name as well as some artwork. And so we all tasked ourselves to make a card for somebody else. Aaron, I asked you to create one for Ben. Ben, you made one for me, and I made one for Aaron. Ben, do you want to kick us off with your Chris card? I'm gonna since I asked you guys to do this, I'm gonna lay on the I'm gonna get on the shooting line first so you guys can just hurl it at me. This okay. is like a this is like a roast, the roast of Chris. The roast of Chris. Uh so the best I could come up with was dis Chris. And it's like <laughs> like disgrace. It, it, no, no, dis Chris. Dis Chris, And it's okay. like, you, you're like, you're like walking down the sidewalk and there's like a word bubble coming out with a bunch of like swear words in it. Okay. And there's just crying garbage pail kids behind you. Like just a street of garbage kids you've insulted and dissed as you walked by. And they're just, their hearts are broken and crushed from your sweet insults and disses. That is pretty dis factually Chris. accurate. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> I thought you would enjoy that. I am known for my string of expletive, salt, and sass, which don't always come out on the show because we try to keep it clean. But right. I love it. Dis Chris. I thought you were going to be like, Dis Chris, like disgrace. Oh, <laughs> that's what that I was thinking. Really like good. it was a little play on that words. That would have been really, really good. I loved it. Aaron, did you have one for Ben? Well, I think the, the low-hanging fruit here was just boisterous Ben. And then oh. have him up in your face with a... <laughs> Maybe some jazz hands in there while he does it. <laughs> some jazz hands. I love that the card is like a huge zoom up of his face. What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Oh my god! <laughs> I thought the low hanging fruit was going to be like has been. So that's actually <laughs> that's good. Wait, wait, Chris, can one of you get a screenshot for something that I can use later? I think so. Hold on. Okay, um, I'll put it. I'll put this on Instagram later. This will be my boisterous <laughs> Ben card. Ready? Okay, ready. <laughs> I think that worked. Hold on a second. Okay, good. Let me make sure. It... That was a little Jurassic Parky Dilophosaurusy, <laughs> but like I, I was close. Uh, Amazing. Shit. Thank you. You're gonna have to add a wet bubble. What? what? Exactly. What? Off to the side. I like it. Boisterous pen. This is good. Without being insulting. <laughs> Perfect. Good. I'll put that up when this comes out. This I need thing. to know you better before I start insulting you. So. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So, so Christopher, what did you cook up? In typical Chris fashion, I came up oh, with four, and I couldn't land on did. one of oh, them. Oh, my God. So the first know. one that was very podcast – these are not mean. The first one that was very podcast-friendly was Dead Aaron, and it was like a skeleton with cobwebs and a microphone and crickets in the background because it's like dead air. Oh, dead air. Dead air. Gotcha. No, I got it. Gotcha. Nice. Nice. I also had Darren Aaron where you're like evil Knieveling over a pit of crocodiles, Ooh. but it's not going well. Like, <laughs> you know, He's not going to make it. He's yeah, they're like nipping it. at your heels. Oh, that's really good. I like that. Darren Aaron. I had – this one's really stupid. I just liked it. Aaron Space Museum. It doesn't make any sense. But what? It's, <laughs> what is it? What is I was like, maybe it's you in the vacuum of space without a helmet. So you're like, slowly choking. And then maybe my favorite is Fool's Aaron. And that's basically us trying to be nice to each other. It's a Fool's Aaron. <laughs> Fool's Aaron. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, those are my, those are my. Yeah, those they, are fantastic. Everyone's vote. going for the variety pack. Four versions kind of there the same it is. card. Look there it you. is. Very good. A, B, C, N, D. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I mean, what underachievers only have two versions when you can have four? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right. Come on, Tops. Get on board. So I wanted to talk next about childhood memories. Ben, it seems like you didn't have a lot of firsthand memories. Do you want to kick it off and let us know, like, what do you remember of them? Were they around? When I mean, obviously, they were still around when you were a kid. Did you have any? My experience with Garbage Pail Kids is sort of close to cocaine drug running. <laughs> okay. You, 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 <laughs> Of course. You've probably come close to it thousands of times, but you had no idea it was right there. Like, I have never seen a Garbage Pail Kids card in person. I've ne- I had no never? friends who collected them. Still to this day? I've never seen them for sale anywhere. I Whoa. never had them. Whoa. But we'll get to it is I did watch the movie as a child. For some reason, I saw the movie when I was a little kid in the 80s. But I never, like, I'd heard of them. But I never witnessed a single card in the paper uh, in front of me. All right. Wow. So all I've got is the movie. That's all I've got. Aaron, I feel like you're going to have the most robust one. So I'll I'll just get mine out of the way real quick. So I think I was either in first or second grade. I just remember on the playground, a bunch of us got together and we were turning them over. I think we just went into a corner so the teachers wouldn't see us. And we were turning the cards over to try to make the larger mosaic And I want to say that we were like combining our decks to try to finish the puzzle. Uh, I definitely remember that. I know I had them all together with like a giant rubber band, just had them like in a big old like brick together. And I think later on, I did put them in those little like plastic sheets that you put in a three ring binder where it's like three rows of three or whatever that you could fit in there, slide them in, make them all nice. But I asked my brother, too. We don't know where they went. They must have been sold (gasps) off in a garage sale or given to somebody. They're gone, and we have no clue what happened to them. But as we know, Aaron still has quite the collection. A vintage one of that, series one through three. 
Aaron, what are your memories when you first encountered these cards? Basically saw them on the playground the first time at recess and thought, I got to get some of those. Mm-hmm. And Do you recall was, what kind of kids had the cards? Like who had these sort of cards on the playground? Everybody. All oh, the boys. Cool. All the boys had them. They just exploded onto the scene. It was like they weren't there and then they were in everybody's consciousness. And I remember there was a little pony keg not even a mile away from our house. And I used to call up there every day and drive (laughs) that poor guy nuts. He's like, no, we don't have any in stock. (laughs) And then one magic day he said, yes, we do. And I was like, mom, mom, you know, the pestering factor. She knew how, how hard I'd worked to locate any. So she drove me up there and let me buy several packs. Did she know exactly what they were? Or did you probably leave that not. a little mystery? Okay. Yeah, okay. but you know, she probably looked at them, and I mean, I think some of the earlier ones were not as gross and crude. You know, mm-hmm. I think they were more original and funny. The earlier, the earlier ones, I think, are much better than the later ones. But um, sure, sure. So I remember pestering that guy, and I, he just always sounded so irritated when I called right up until <laughs> the day that he yeah. had them. So. <laughs> But uh, there was also the factor of, you know, trading them at school as well, like you were talking about, Chris. But Mm -hmm. uh, ours were, oh, I want this one. And what am I willing to give up? Kind of like baseball cards sort of thing where you're trying to get your favorite player. And there were always a few of them that everybody wanted, like the iconic Adam Bomb one, the Nasty Nick one, the Vampire. And then the other one that that I I have still that uh, I remember trying to trade everybody for the longest time was called New Wave Dave. And it's he's got New like a mohawk Dave. and sunglasses and piercings and he's uh, spray painting graffiti on, on a brick wall and kind of looking back over his shoulder while he does it. So that was a popular one among us uh, fourth graders. <laughs> would you say that day. was like your favorite card? Yeah, I would think so. That and the, the, the Nasty Nick one, the vampire one. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't have as many of the first series because like I said they exploded onto the scene so I have a lot more of the second and third series the first series were all ones that I traded for with somebody else Uh so to get from them so um, you know if they look back now and remember me taking it from them they probably are sad about that now because those are the most (laughs) desirable ones but mine are beat up enough from you know getting ran around on the playground that I mean they're they're not worth anything but uh, yeah they uh there was also the factor of they started confiscating them as well. Mm-hmm. So there was kind of the clandestine wow. and not getting caught, you know, the, you know, the thrill of the, I'm doing something wrong. And, it, but yeah. after a while I did have a couple friends who lost theirs. Then I quit bringing mine to school because I put too much work into my collection. So I, uh, yeah. I said, that is that. Absolutely. So the teachers would, would confiscate the cards? Yes. There were school bans. A lot of schools banned them. Yes. Wow. Absolutely yeah. not allowed. Because they were this a big like, distraction. They were yeah. a huge distraction. No, no, I don't believe it at all. What was happening? Obviously, it's very competitive to collect and trade these. The teachers are confiscating them. And then in the teacher's lounge, they're throwing <laughs> down. They're trading. There's binders out. It's like multi-level <laughs> marketing. They're like up the chain and they're yes. just taking all of our Do not profits. Do your certain morals upon these children. They, these are uh, harmless things. Things. Monsters. God. Monsters. It, it's it's kind of like most things where the subtle, objectionable portions of it were over our fourth grade heads. Yeah, yeah sure. You know, kind of like the old 40s cartoons where, you know, when somebody ended up in blackface after dynamite blew up, it's like mm-hmm. looking now, I can say, oh my gosh, that is so horribly racist. 
But when I was a little kid, it was just the dynamite blew up. The the blackface portion of it was straight over my head. So This is fast-forwarding very far in pop culture, but I remember for Christmas one year asking for the Goo Goo Dolls album, Dizzy Up the Girl. And my parents were like, we're not getting you Dizzy Up the Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? The album cover, she's just like, she's she fell asleep on the bed. Like, it's great music. And they're like... No. Yeah. And I just had no idea that was like a phrase that meant something else. Like it's just over your head as a kid. You have yeah. no idea. Or even exactly. like, you know, they're they're drinking, they're smoking. Like I never saw those and was like, oh, I want to go start smoking cigarettes. It was yeah. just like, oh, they're doing something, you know, kind of rowdy and cool. And so, right. but obviously parents are going to see that through a very different lens. Ben, it sounded like you were going to ask or mention something a well, I just back. wanted to point out that it's it's unfortunate that if you Google New Wave Dave, it's a it's a pool cleaning service in Corpus Christi, Texas. That's, that's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> that guy is making bank by accidental Google searches. They're like, you know, my pool does need to be clean. Thanks, New Wave Dave. <laughs> Maybe add a GPK to that search. <laughs> that would help a little bit. Yeah. Awesome. Like, Maybe Blasted Billy needs to be a guy who does like excavation or something. Ooh, this Call is Blasted like, Billy. This podcast episode can get so long but this is a really fun game of just Googling these names and see what the first thing is <laughs> that comes great. up. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So fun memories. Again, some are may- way more personal than others, but we had to take a step back because uh, we like to ping the class of 80s high and get a little yeah. pulse, right? A little oh, temperature right. check. <clears throat> so we asked a very simple question on our social media channels, Cabbage Patch Kids or Garbage Pail Kids? Question mark. That's all we asked. And we kept it simple. Oh, did the answers flow? What do you all think? Do you think we got more response for cabbage or garbage? <laughs> cabbage or garbage. garbage? Garbage. Yeah, I have faith that we're a garbage kind of crowd. Your answers are quite correct. Fantastic. 87% of our respondents from Twitter and Instagram said garbage pail kids. 87%. And if Twitter is any guide, tweeters, Twitterites, Twitterati. The Twitterati. <laughs> the Twitterati. They love them, some garbage pale kids. Yeah. Uh, so much so that we actually got a tweet from at GPK, that's G E E P E E K A Y. They tweeted us and they said, duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> duh. Exclamation point. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Which, by the way, I want to give a huge shout out. GPK is an amazing website for everything you ever wanted to know about garbage pale kids. Go to that site, they have every single series. Very beautifully displayed. It's a fantastic website. It's a great layout. You can even find your name in any cards, how many occurrences, and in what series it shows up. Are you getting ready to announce our new sponsorship by the GPK website? I'm not. I just, you know, I I, I may have found it in my research, but I saw their retweet to us and I uh, I replied back and I was like, let me go check out their website. And it's pretty freaking cool. So thanks cool. for the, the shout awesome. out and thanks That's for the awesome. duh because you know what? We agreed, but we had to ask. We had to ask. We had to ask. We we had had to ask. ask. It's polite. So being the curious person I am, when I saw the find your name feature on their website, I was going to see like, are there more Aaron's, Ben's or Chris's? What oh, yeah. do you guys think shows up the most out of the entire run of the series up to now? My guess would be Aaron because it's, it's real easy. Okay. So many play on words. I mean, to be fair, we have precedent. Chris came up with, with four. four Aaron cards. <laughs> I've definitely pushed it into the lead if it wasn't already. Chris seems like a really easy one to rhyme with a bunch of stuff. So I, I might actually venture Chris. So shockingly, Ben and Chris both have nine occurrences. It's, that seems too much. Nobody and Aaron, Aaron only has seven. Really? What? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, what's also interesting in our uh, name categories, so names that start with A, the most frequent occurring is a tie between Adam and Andy. There are 10 of those. Mm. So you're, you're kind of up there in the running, Aaron. Ben, you're not even close. There are 20 bills. Bill is bills. super popular. Lame. That is just a few away from the overall most occurrences of a name. And uh, in my category for Chris, Carl had 14. So Carl. I thought it was kind of fun. And I was like, oh, I could go see all the Chris's and all the Ben's and Aaron's and anybody else's name. So yeah, kind of fun feature that they've incorporated into the website. So super cool. I love it. I'm a little curious. I may have a question. So that we were talking, this is the question, a poll between Garbage Pail Kids and Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah. Cabbage Patch, similar like Garbage Pail, if I knew they were in proximity, I would have said something. But I, I had very little touch point with Cabbage Patch Kids since it was Cabbage Patch that brought down the empire of Garbage Pail with these BS lawsuit. Get, Temporarily. Come on. What was the attraction of Cabbage Patch dolls? Like, why did these... Why were these so suddenly huge and such a phenom? Well, as I mentioned, they had really elaborate backstories. So they were like characters. It's I, I hate to say it's like this American doll. No, that's this American life. <laughs> 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 this I'm American I, doll? I'm Ira Glass for this American doll. Uh, so, <laughs> but the American doll series, right? They're different characters and you can identify with them. Like, oh, I like this one or that one. I think that's a part of it. And also like, well, why was Tickle Me Elmo popular? It just kind of was. They also had names that they came with and adoption papers and you could send in and they'd send you a package back and everything. But I also think it was the diversity of the line. So, Mm. um, you know, you had different skin tones and then different hairstyles. Some of them were bald. Some of them had a toot were teething. Mm -hmm. Some of them like had tongue sticking out. And so they just had, you know, you could buy different clothes for them. So, you know, but I, why it was so big in and of itself, I just think it was the unique look of them, maybe. Interesting. Yeah, there's a, there's a depth to their story. There's a variety to them. And by then you had, like, Barbie wasn't didn't have that much variety yet. Or depth to the story of Barbie. Betsy Wetsy. I mean, that's, that's all she does is piece of pants. Come on, that's all you got. So, you know, <laughs> there's a lot to these dolls. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think what made Garbage Pail Kids, I think, popular was... It appealed to a lot of things, right? There was the gross-out humor. It was witty. It was crass. There was some irreverence to it. It was punny. There's a little bit of that kid's counterculture going on. There's some anti-authoritarianism with it. They're being banned. They're despised by parent groups. That's super cool. As a kid, you're like, hey, that's wonderful. And I was reading some research, and it's actually from a documentary we'll talk about later, where they're like, during all these awful atrocities... The the characters always have a smile on their face. Like they're Yeah, right. <laughs> like there's a strange thing where they're like melting before your face or shot full of bullet holes, but they're not like super sad about it. There's something <laughs> great time. weird about it. And you know, you have body damage and body fluids, blood, ooze, there's smoking and guns and gore and guts. But it's made for kids. There's something oddly appealing about that. I don't know. Yeah, I never really thought about that smile because I'm uh, <laughs> looking at one, it's called Ventilated Vinny, and he's at a firing squad. He's blindfolded with a cigarette in his mouth, and he's got about six holes through him, but he's smiling. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know, they always say for your career, love what you do. And the uh, Garfield kids, they love. They love what they're into. They're super into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've talked about some favorite cards. Ben, I don't know if you had a chance to peruse any or see any that caught your eye. So we've talked about a few of them. Are there any other standouts that you guys saw? Like one of my favorites was 
gorgeous George. It's uh, George Washington. Oh. But again, it's George with like the, the puffy little face. Also interesting, they had Rap and Ron. It was a Ronald Reagan parody. Yeah, I remember that. I think I have that one somewhere in the stack. <laughs> like, I don't know if you'd call it political humor per se, or if it's just like he's the president at the time, but it feels a little, I wouldn't say adult theme, but like not something that would normally appeal to kids, you know, to have a political humor base to it. But maybe it's just because, again, it's like he was a president for pretty much all of the 80s. I don't know. Yeah. I, I always liked That's the cool. one with Cyclops where yes, it's a giant baby reaching down towards people and it's got one eye, but it's... Got nothing but diaper on, but it's just comically ridiculous. Aaron, we talked about this before we started recording. That's probably one of my favorites. For some reason, that one really jumped out to me, and I can't describe why. Yeah, Yeah. Cyclops. It's completely silly. Well, I again, I did not have the exposure to these that you guys did, but I mean, a few that I caught while trying to get ready for this. One was unzipped Zach. Oh yeah, it's like a kid zipping his face apart, and a, a skull, his skull is popping out. That's a good yeah. one. Both skull and face are smiling. I need to point that out. Very important. That's a great one. And actually, one that like really just caught my eye was Mardi Gras. Does that ring no, a bell? Looks like Frankenfurter. Looks like Frankenfurter. Oh yeah, um, from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. I like the funny little uh, commentary there. That's good. Yeah, it's good. There's a great one that looks like the Statue of Liberty, but she's holding a trash bag and it's like spilling out beneath her. Yes. It's Alice Island. Alice yes. Island. Yes. So I good. I that too. So good. <laughs> That's super good. Shrunken Ed is one I liked. It's like this big head with a little tiny face. It's a little itty bitty like pinched face in the middle. That was a good Shrunken one. Shrunken Ed. Good. There's also Mona Loser and Phony Lisa. Uh, oh, well, Those are great. And I mentioned Fran Fran. Fran Fran is like a two-headed girl that's like punching herself. Ashcan Andy was a good one, kind of like modeled after R2-D2. I do see there's a phone Homer. Which oh, that's great. looks like E.T. in a diaper trying to call home. Oh, that's amazing. really nice. So phone good. Homer. So good. <laughs> and then another one I liked was Flat Pat, where she's been run over by a steamroller. <gasps> yeah. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. Probably because I loved at a young age Maximum Overdrive, the movie. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. It has an infamous steamroller scene in it. Look, we joke a lot about cocaine on this show, but mm. Stephen King has been very open about the amount of cocaine usage he had while writing Maximum Overdrive. That <laughs> I think it's one of the few movies he directed as well. Um, exactly. And probably for good reason, but yeah. That movie is bonkers. <laughs> I would love to do that on this episode, on this show once. Oh, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. It's, it's too insane. ridiculous not to. Okay. Well, I want to jump to much like... The desert, where there are a bunch of E.T. cartridges we have to yes. dig up. Let's Buried unearth this treasure. Because as we mentioned in 1987, not an animated movie, not a cartoon. Oh, God. A live oh boy. Oh boy. action movie, the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Like, oh they didn't even come up with a good name for it. It's just the Garbage Pail Kids <laughs> movie. They're just like, hey, this is a thing. Obviously, critical success. <laughs> <laughs> Seven out of 10 stars, Siskel and Ebert, two enthusiastic thumbs up. Oh my God. Oscar nominations, sadly didn't win. Actually, it has been nominated for awards, but awards such as Worst Picture, Worst New Star, Worst Original Song, Worst Visual Effects. By all accounts, box office bomb and earned $1.6 million on a $1 million budget. It was even in the box office? That's sad. Like there was nothing else to put on the screen that week? Holy crap. Ben, how can you best encapsulate your pain of the i'm doing air quotes this is a again not a visual medium the plot yeah sure of this movie i oh my god so (laughs) this what was this 
it took me like nine watchings because I kept a falling asleep or b like I need to back away from this for a little. Okay, bit, hold on. You didn't watch back. it nine times. You watched it in nine chunks. No, it took a long time to get through it. So like you know, I love a good origin story, and I was like, I th- I at least they'll finally explain where all these kids come from. Nope. Movie starts with space and a garbage can rotating in the atmosphere around Earth. Sure. And then we jump cut to basically like um. You think of the grandfather at the start of Gremlins who has Gizmo and like his shop of curiosities. Yeah, yeah. It's that, but like it's owned by a guy who kind of seems like maybe he's been alive for thousands of years. Like maybe he could be a Merlin. He's a wizard, definitely. Okay. But he's always kind of mad that he's lost all the ingredients and potions of wonders of the days of yore. And he has this sort of ward that visits often, whose star uh, is played by Mackenzie Aston. Of Facts of Life fame? That's, That's the right. closest they Facts can get. That's the biggest life. star. Sean Aston's brother. Oh, oh there you go. really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my gosh. So it's never explained why these two are friends, why they're mentors, what's going on. To be fair, we don't know why Doc and Marty were friends from Back to the Future. That's very true. This child is half of Marty's age, though. You never meet his family. And it's, this, it's the same like, oh, be careful with this garbage can in my collection because you don't want to open it. And like, oops, bump. Mm. This kid who also in the movie is maybe like, I think he says he's 14 at one point. He's being bullied by people who are easily 30. So he's like running around this town being chased by like 30 year olds. And I can't even describe the outfits, but they're beating the bejesus out of him who later turn out to be drug runners like over the border. Like, wow. they're making, like, international narcotic deals on the phone. I don't know what's going on. Let me back up. He hits oh the garbage goodness. can. The pale kids come out. Now, you guys would probably know who all these people are. So, they, you know, they don't have every single garbage pail kid. Sure. But there's, like, a greaser kind of guy. Like, he has a switchblade and a leather, black leather jacket. There's alligator. Mm-hmm. There's one who vomits all the time. Lovely. There's a baby who has stinky breath. Okay. There's somebody who farts a lot. In like a Hawaiian shirt. Oh my gosh. Oh, we're not even to the crazy twist yet. So this kid has a crush on the girlfriend of the main bully who's chasing him. And she's really into fashion. She wants to be a fashion designer and have a runway show. How old is this young lady? I think she's framed to be 18, but she's definitely, you know, back then they like the age casting was terrible. Well, so this is like big, right? Where the main character likes the girl, but she's older. Although this sounds like he's in love with a 30 year old, but that's fine. Well, it just turns out (laughs) that the garbage pail kids are fantastic at sewing and fashion design. (laughs) Is this like unpaid labor? What happens? It's like the shoe cobbler kind of thing. So the garbage pail kids escape and they raid. It's a big sign on the on the side. Sweatshop. They steal a bunch of sewing machines and fabric and they go to work in this basement, making clothing in secret, so that this fourteen year old kid can convince his crush that he is a mastermind of fashion design and, and construction. It begins to work, but the garbage pail kids are unhappy with their slave labor in the basement, and she begins to find out what's going on. And then it gets real weird, and it's too detailed to try and get into, but long story short, they're trying to find all the other Garbage Pail Kids who are being held in some state institute for the ugly. So them, along with the magician, go to try and break them out. And here's the kicker. Oh, They're too late because there's a garbage truck driving away a trash compactor, and the magician points to it and says, we're too late. 
and he makes a squishing motion with his hands. They've crushed all the other garbage pail oh kids. Oh my goodness. What so the ends, crap? It ends with like, he can't figure out how to put them back in the garbage pail. Like there's a there's a magic song you need to play and he can't figure it out. So they give the garbage pail kids ATVs and they drive off into the night for a life of freedom. Credits. You guys, I wish I could make this up, <laughs> but that was a play for play. Of this, oh, oh no, I missed oh, one. Oh, and oh. with the crush, the teenage crush, there's a basic instinct moment <gasps> where this 14 year old boy is sitting across from her and she does like the leg open, the leg cross. And oh he's my like, goodness. I was like, who is this movie for? What is happening right now? If we've learned anything, as you mentioned earlier, the 80s was fueled by cocaine. Clearly. Say, did Stephen King write this? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh my God. It's the wow. sequel to Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> wow. Insane. And I didn't know how to get my hands on it because now that you've heard this, dear listener, you're like, I got to go watch this. I had to put out on Facebook just be like, does anybody know where I can find Garbage Pail Kids? Because I can't. And a friend, just a link showed up in my email about 20 minutes later. I can't say the source. I can't say where they got it. But I guess thank you for the link and helping out. But it's a very hard movie to find. It is very hard to get your hands on. I think for obvious reasons, right? For very <laughs> obvious reasons. Right. Oh, my god! It's like the Star Wars holiday special. Like, they tried to destroy all the copies from it. Uh, yeah, it's hard to get. So that was my experience. Well, here's another footnote. This movie in the Philippines was rated a grade A by the Movie mean? and Television Review and Classification Board, indicating a very good quality. No! <laughs> Firmly proving, no. firmly proving once and for all, one culture's trash can be another culture's treasure. Get out of here. Amazing. Oh my God, with that. That's insane. That should not be allowed. It's internet facts. I think they're real. So, well, thank you for falling on that sword. Yep. Here to help. My God. My Good God. Good for all you. I'm impressed. Love you, Class Vetus I. Shout out to you. Sacrifice. Well, as we mentioned, it didn't stop there because there was an animated television series also in the works, so close, so poised to be released, pulled at the last minute, days before it was set to air. This series starred characters Split Kit, Elliot Mess, Terry Cloth, Patty Putty, and Clogged Dwayne. It's funny. Clogged Dwayne. As gross-looking kids with abilities to help others. And in the first two episodes, we learn they have normal alter egos, which transform into their garbage pail identities. So they're almost like double agents, or they, you know, they morph into the other character. It's a Jekyll and Hyde version of themselves. Apparently so, right? So CBS Television Network had produced this series. They ordered an entire season. 13 episodes were created. It was being heavily promoted in the run up to the 87 88 season of shows. And, again, they pulled it because a bunch of parent groups voiced concerns and said, no, thank you. Reasons given were that the series ridiculed people with disabilities, uh, which is not unfactual, um, and glorified violence. And also just claim that this is my favorite part. The program was effectively a program-length ad for toys and cards of the Garbage Pail Kids, as was every cartoon in the 80s. Absolutely. G.I. Joe, come on. All of the things. Yeah, seriously. Glorifying violence. Get out of here. <laughs> nonsense. 
the television series did eventually see the light of day and was released, uh, I believe, in DVD format. So, Which ben, you bought and watched all of for this and tell us how it went. Ben, if you want to go watch it, uh, please do. And feel free to tell us about none of it. I so. <laughs> not, I can't do it anymore. That takes us kind of through the 80s. There, there are things that come later that I want to talk about in contemporary culture. Is there anything else we want to talk about with our experiences of these cards, the movie, the show, the everything that was the 80s experience of Garbage Pail Kids. Anything else we missed? The theme song is really bad, guys. You can be a Garbage Pail Kid, too. It's really, it's really, really bad. <laughs> Again, it's it was really nominated bad. Worst Original Song. Somebody quite sadly awful. wrote that. <laughs> oh, it's trash. But that's all I've got. But you could play it for I'll lunch. Play you it could play lunch. it at lunch. No, you play it at lunch. I don't want people to lose their lunch. That would be so cruel. <laughs> so cruel. So cruel. Uh, well, speaking of which, it is lunchtime. If you all still have the stomachs to actually Ooh. go eat and drink things, what say we roll ourselves clanking down the hallway to the lunchroom and, uh, yeah, see what kind of delicacies we can't rustle up. Uh, or maybe we just pull it out of the garbage cans that we're already in. It's perfect. I'm going to look for mixed up Trixie. That looks like a good, a good <laughs> thing to eat down here. That looks delicious. Excellent. Meet Bullseye Barry and Pat Splat, or how about Mugged Marcus? They're just three in a whole family of garbage pail kids, a collection of gruesome-looking creatures that real kids can't seem to get enough of, and stores run out in no time. We sold out of them. We can't keep them in stock. The West Virginia treasurer, A. James Mansion, says the cards threaten the well-being of children, and after getting dozens of complaints, he's asking stores to pull them from their shelves. They don't need to have a chewing gum company or a bubble gum company sending them cards that show mutilation, cannibalism, torture, one child being burned alive on a bubble gum card, and these have started now to impress the youngsters, and we simply don't need that. Nonetheless, they're hot sellers. This store sold three cases in a week. They're fun to look at. <laughs> the gross ones are the coolest. A mangled arm, a shrunken head, a blood-splattered face. Kids know what they are. A baby getting beat up. And despite the treasurer's plea, not all parents are opposed to them. I personally don't think they're any worse than cartoons on television and so forth. Like Masters of the Universe, some of those are pretty gross. And as long as I don't scare my kids, they don't bother me. <laughs> But they bother the treasurer, and while he's not ordering stores to remove the garbage pail kids, he's hoping public pressure will put a lid on them. Alan Cohen, WCHS-TV, News 8, Charleston. So I don't know about you guys, that rotten moldy banana peel at the bottom of my can hit the spot. So oh. good. <laughs> oh. It wasn't as good as my half-eaten head of cabbage. Was it a half-eaten... Cabbage Patch doll head, or was it actual cabbage? Maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. All sorts of contemporary culture. I'm going to go through a little bit of a timeline and throw some things out there. If you guys have questions, stop me. Okay, ready and willing. What's fair to say is the 90s are silent for Garbage Pail Kids. I will throw out in the 90s. Yeah. The only cards I ever collected were in the 90s, and sure. they were uh, Jurassic Park cards. Oh. No, so, to the absolute surprise of no one. But it, Nobody. You know, it was like shots from the movies. The action figures all came with really cool art cards. Yeah. And then you had the original concept art by Crash. That was really cool. Like as he developed how the dinosaurs would look. It was fun to collect. 
I'd kind of forgotten that they did this for movies, but as I mentioned earlier, I had like the Batman movie and I also had cards for um, comic book heroes. I think I had some for X-Men and I had some for some of the DC characters. I don't know why. I just started collecting those for some reason and then I just stopped. But yeah, a lot of cool stuff out there. Well, in 1983, Hmm. uh, a very... A parody of a parody, some might say. A similar set of cards come out, and they had like 160 cards in total called the Sloppy Slobs. It was released in Italy, and very clearly an imitation of Garbage Pail Kids. The Sloppy Slobs. And that's all I have for the 90s. Wow. Uh, And 2003, though, that's when we really start getting this 80s nostalgia wave starting. And Mm. Topps is like, hmm, we capitalized on a craze before. Maybe we can (laughs) capitalize again. So they do a little experiment. And they release the all-new Series 1, and it's a big success. Oh. And so they release more of this all-new Series line, and it ran for about four years, ran through 2007. And 2010 and 11, there's a flashback series that's released, and they kind of do a reprint or rerun of some of the popular vintage cards. Mm. Um, so we get those. In 2012, the brand-new series, as it was called, was launched. And their whole point here is we want to get back to the 80s roots and kind of blend back into the original art style. So it's not going back to the very original that they got copyright infringement sued on, but it was. If you look at those cards, they are getting more back to that art style rather than the style that had come after they had to change the design. So that's kind of cool. 2012 is a very busy year. Michael Eisner's Tornante Company. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Tornante. They had plans to finance and produce a feature film. Was it just going to be a remake of the perfect cinematic adventure from the 80s? We may never know uh, because the film was canceled in 2013 due to negative reception. Probably that first stinker of a movie. Shocked, I tell you. Shocked. Uh, But the reason Eisner had done that is because he had purchased Topps Trading Company in 2007. And so I was like, hey, here's our property. You know, maybe we could capitalize. The cards are coming back. But not the momentum, sadly. Yeah, yeah. Not enough for the movie. No appetite for that movie. Maybe James Cameron will pick up someday. That'll be great. Possibly. And 2012, a series called The Melty Misfits is released. These are created by a street artist named Buff Monster. Buff Monster. He's from Hawaii. It's a great name. I doubt it's his real name, but... I, kind of, I secretly hope it is. Great um, name. But he's known for his upbeat ice cream inspired work. And he really like remembered and, you know, was attached to the Garbage Pill Kids uh, in his younger days. And so he created his own line of sticker art cards called the Melty Misfits that are an homage to Garbage Pill Kids. And they look pretty cool. You know, Mind Blowing Owen is one that he had. And it featured a cameo of like a very atom bomb kind of character. Huh, cool. um, he even really, even. This is very, I won't say hipster artist, that sounds mean, but it's very art, like an artist approach. He actually printed them on the old machinery that the original cards were of course printed he did. on. Of course and he, he did. released them in like a retro style wax pack. It's kind of cool. So again, 2012, very busy year. Amazing. Starting in 2015, Top starts releasing a variety of themed series. So rather than just more of these printed series, they're like, okay, they did a 30th anniversary edition, eventually a 35th anniversary. They did a We Hate the 80s, We Hate the 90s. They had one called Late to School. One was called Food Fight, Battle of the Bands. So they're releasing, again, all these little like kind of one-off themed series. And in 2017, a documentary comes out, 30 Years of Garbage, The Garbage Pale Kids Story, is released. And it's written and co-directed by Joe Simcoe. 
He is an artist and graphic designer who worked on the card line for a time, uh, even worked on a Garbage Pail Kids comic, and has released his own series of graphic novels and serial killer trading cards. Serial killer trading cards? Serial spelled like C-E-R-E-A-L. Okay, so like better. <laughs> and they're, very, and they're very They're very reminiscent of the wacky packages where it's kind of like a play off of products, but kind of like a, a killery theme to it. So if it's like Frosted Flakes, maybe Tony the Tiger is slashing somebody up. I'm making that up. I don't know if that's true or not. Genius. It's lovely. This knife is great. I, I buy it. You do have to pay for the documentary, uh, but it's out there on a lot of channels. Uh, and it looks pretty cool. I saw the preview of it. It has a lot of the original creators and artists and Buff Monster is actually in it. Buff Monster. So they, they have a lot of like, it looks pretty cool. I might pick it up someday, but uh, didn't have a chance to for this episode. Let's fast forward, kids. 2020. Whoa. Tops. Still alive. Still alive. Still fresh. Yeah. Tops licensed Garbage Pail Kids to GPK Nation. Who was making a real live action movie of it in production right now. Uh, they're a company that has created limited edition high-end collectible coins. Oh, man. They now have the licensing right to it. But Ben, I don't want to disappoint you. What? In 2021. Stop it. HBO Max. No. Has begun developing. Really? An animated series. Oh, okay. This comes from... Tops and Tornante. Again, that's Tornante. Uh, Mr. Eisner and Danny McBride's Rough House Pictures. Well, that's a little, this feels a little Danny McBride kind of humor. That's Indeed. In fact, you know, the inspiration, like a lot of us, his affinity for the cards and for Saturday morning cartoons. The animated program is set to be family friendly for an audience of all ages. So stay tuned, kids. That was last year. We may see Garbage Pail Kids come back to the screen, courtesy of HBO Max. That's a big, hairy, audacious goal. Family-friendly for the entire, of all ages, Garbage Pail Kids. Good luck. I wish you good luck. How do you maintain the spirit of the original, but make it something that's more appealing to parents so they don't use their pester power to once again take yeah. it off the airwaves. Okay. I mean, and then again, right. HBO is a pay service. So, you know, you don't like it? Yeah, whatevs. But anyway. Right. You don't have to look. That kind of takes us up to today in terms of proper what those are. The other thing I do want to talk about, though, is the value of these cards. I, I want to end cap it with this. Uh, before I do that, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything I missed in contemporary culture? Or are you just here for the ride? Did I cover it all? I did want to say that uh, those coins, uh, they still sell for several hundred dollars. You can find them on eBay and such as that. And they were um, uh, had Adam Goldberg from the Goldbergs producer fame. Oh. And he's involved with that. He's part of the owner of the property. Wow. With those coins. Yeah. Okay. Dang, man. Well, the other thing you told me about and you refused to participate in, but once again, this is not as big of a sword, like a dagger. This is a dagger I fell on. Okay. As I downloaded the modern Garbage Pail Kids iPhone app Oh, game, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And played that for all of seven minutes. <laughs> and I was like, that's enough. It is your absolute... Very predictable, normal, grind, face-off, dueling card game Mm. where you start with, like, two characters, you beat other characters, and your characters are the old classic cards. You fight. Each of your kids has a power that is, like, based off of what their personality is. 
It's like a free game for about an hour would be my estimate. Sure. And then you start to be like, oh, you know, you need 30 gems to buy your next car, but you only have 20. Drop 10 bucks and you get like the 50 pack of gems and you can buy more kits. Like it's that sort of grind microtransaction BS. Yeah. So I can't say it was particularly interesting or particularly original, but definitely saw a couple of the original Garbage Pail Kids. So I guess I guess I started to learn about the cards through the game. That's about it. You bring up a good point. There's other app games and products that are out there. We couldn't dare cover them all. But yeah, there's a lot of other stuff out there. I think there was even like a make your own card app or something that I saw. But yes, Ben did also. He really, on our trip, he really tried to convince me to play it. And I said, a very firm, no, I'm good. No, no thanks. <laughs> and imagine if this, if the game was part of the lawsuit back in the 80s, like we think this game is just trying to make money. You think? You Thanks. think that's why it's around? No Monkeys. kidding. Oh, Ridiculous. Gracious. That's the statement of Obvious Ollie, the judge. Get with it. Obvious Ollie, is that another card? No, I just made it up. But like, it's oh, very it should be clear. a card. It should be a <laughs> very card. Clear. It should be a card. That'd be very meta if they made a card of the judge who ruled against them right? in the copyright like infringement so case. Talk about a little jab to that guy. I like it. That's awesome. Thanks for picking those up. I yes. totally spaced out on some of that other stuff. Like, they even showed up a little. There's a Garbage Bill Kids version of Monopoly. What? Of course, there's a, every version of Monopoly, of course, Nobody but is. still. That is the most hoard out version of any <laughs> board game ever. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, I do want to cap it, as I mentioned, with talking about the value of these cards today. And I just want to talk about two of the most valuable cards. Oh. And they're valuable not because, as Aaron mentioned, They've been well-worn and traded throughout the years, but because they are in gem mint condition, so says the PSA, not public service announcement, but the professional sports authenticator. So what do you guys think is the most valuable card out there? Any guesses? I think like 40, 50 grand. Oh, sorry. Which card is it? Uh, My guess would be Adam Bomb or Nasty Nick. Okay. I'm gonna be like it's like a it's like a Boba Fett sort of thing where it's like an atom bomb, but it like it had a plastic missile you could shoot off of it, and they discontinued it because people were choking on that version of the card. Like <laughs> so it it's very, very rare. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a rare mistake of atom bomb. Or like the sticker was the chewing gum, but they realized yes. it had like toxic right like exactly. chemicals in it. Like ah! exactly yeah. Exactly. Uh, like, oh, there's lead-based paint in there. Shoot, shoot, shoot. We should have done that. Oh, no. Recall, recall. Is that what we do? Oh, no. So, Aaron, very on the mark for two things. It was the 1A card of Nasty Nick. That is the oh. most valuable card with a PSA rating of 10. Right now, listeners, you can go onto eBay and get it for $46,000. You were so close. That's amazing you knew that. Did you look or did you just throw it out there as a guess? I'd seen some of those graded things in the past. Okay. A couple years ago, just looking things up, just curious about if there was still a market for them in any way. Um, I think the answer is yes. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) Truthfully, just trading cards in general, especially the last two years, I think with people having more time with the pandemic and prices have exploded interesting especially baseball cards and and sports cards big time that's a great point because people are just hungry for something to do and hey sure Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well that's amazing And, and aaron any guesses as to why nasty nick is the most valuable i don't know why specifically other than i can just tell you from personal experience as a child 
that's the one an atom bomb that we all wanted. Interesting. And like I was, I have the, I have one, and mine's ratty and terrible because I'm OCD, and they were all numerically ordered when I was a child. So that was the one on the top <laughs> awesome. getting handled the most because mm-hmm. it's one A. But uh, I just think it was the iconic one that everybody wanted. And you, you've hit on it. It was 1A. It was the very first card uh, in the series. And it was positioned in the upper left of the printing sheet. And it meant that it was often cut in such a way that the centering would be off from left to right. So there's a little bit of like a, a uniqueness to that card. And that is why it's the very first Garbage Pail Kid card. Ah, that's cool. Sounds like the positioning on the sheet would have made it, made it harder to get a Gem Mint 10 period. Probably, yes. Grading, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, exactly. Because the other card, no surprise, is Atom Bomb. That's the second most valuable. Right now, listeners, if you want a gem mint condition, PSA 10 rating, Atom Bomb card, you can pop onto eBay and it is yours for a mere... Any guesses? Actually, before I say it, guesses on this deal? Steal. A steal of a deal. 30 grand. We can't give them away fast enough. <laughs> they call me Crazy Chris because of the, the deals I'm slashing today for you on Adam Bob Cards. For a mere, you're close. Once again, Aaron, for a mere $25,000. Get out of here. And this one, no surprise, is iconic. It's on the front of the wax packs. It's on the original box. It is the wow. most popular card. And it's just the one that everyone knows the most. And so that's why if you get a high-grade version, people are willing to pay a little money for a copy of it. So if you have a mint condition set that's been carefully stored and climate controlled for the past, what, 30-some years, maybe go take a look. See if you got a nasty nick and an atom bomb. Get it rated by the PSA. You could be a thousandaire, folks. Look, I rebuild and try and collect an N64 collection. I still look for Jurassic Park stuff. I am rebuilding an Aliens action figure line for the kids. I would never pay, like, over three figures. I wouldn't pay three figures for any of that stuff. I don't know, Dan. That Dino Riders, uh, what was the... Ooh, the, the Brontosaurus. That was Okay, that was kind of sweet, though. Ooh. I don't know. You're kind of bored one night. Now it's getting kind of close. Oh, I'm questioning Maybe everything. Maybe you had a few drinks. Your oh, inhibitions no. are loose. You click buy. Oh, what is this eBay? Oh, my oh, goodness. Brontosaurus. Oh, I can get a three-pack of the Brontosaurus T-Rex oh and the Diplodocus. Oh, no. Honey, I just spent 20 grand. Honey, we have to have a come, come to Jesus talk. I'm really sorry. Something happened. It was an accident. My finger slipped. Uh, 16 times to enter the credit card. Aaron, if you had a valuable card like that, would you sell it? Oh, good question. As you said, yours question. are worn and probably not worth much money. Uh, sadly, it does go down very quickly uh, as soon as you go to a rating nine or lower. I would think I would have to sell it for that kind of money. That's insane. $45,000, folks. That. I mean, you know, not all of us have super yachts. That is actually, that could be a game changer for a huge chunk of our population. Yeah, no kidding. Listen, if somebody wants to give me $45,000 right now, I'm not going to say no. I'm just going to say You're not going to turn it away. I won't turn turn it away. Wow. Dude, if you and your brother could find that binder, you could be working on your super yacht. Oh, it doesn't exist. We just don't know where it went. It doesn't exist. It's got to be there somewhere. So with that all being said, that brings us to the end of contemporary culture. And there's only one thing to do. We have to put the garbage cans on the scales and see how much refuse they've piled up 
do they still add up today or is it just a stinky bunch of garbage that belongs in a dump i'm trying to just extend no, this working. metaphor yeah, no, you're, you're digging into the dump this is good and, okay so let's go to math class and uh yeah see what we got on our hands here it's a hot mess it's hot garbage on our hands our garbage pill kids a dumpster fire that's what we're here oh, there it is there we to go to decide in there math we go. class aaron you Still have the cards in your possession. You're thumbing through the nostalgia as we speak. How do you think Garbage Pail Kids hold up in 2022? Not the best. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I look back through a lot of these that I've forgotten, the ones that are not so iconic and some of them are pretty dumb, you know. <laughs> you know, it's nine and ten year old humor in here, clearly. For sure, um, fair. And and some of this really does not hold up at all now by today's standards. As with anything, when you look backwards, nobody could possibly live up to modern standards when you go backwards. But definitely, some of these would not be made yeah. <laughs> by Absolutely. today's standard. There's there's definitely there's one I'm looking at now called Swell Mel and it's derogatory for oh. her you, lots of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, some of them are just silly and gross and funny and uh, but some of there's one called Stone Sean and it looks like uh, the thinker but he's got a, a roach in his hand and he's got a dunce cap on and he's completely made out of marble. So <laughs> what? That's awesome. I don't see that getting made. What's going on? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> today. Yeah. But you know, they were a good place in the past, but and some of the some of the, the stuff on the back is pretty funny, especially the first two series. They have again a lot of the play on words. There's like the slow poke award and it's signed by I'm a coming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a school of hard knocks diploma and its principal is Dems D breaks. <laughs> so Good. I mean I can appreciate some of that stuff, but overall, you know, these are better left in the 80s where they belong. (laughs) All right. Ben, you have probably the least experience with them, but in your, although very recent experience with uh, the movie and the game. Deep dive. Deep dive. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? There's some parts of it I think actually do hold up and there's some that doesn't. And the the one that doesn't is exactly what Aaron said. We're like, these are very problematic. Not Mm -hmm. all of them, but many are very problematic. That like in an, in a world that strives more to be pop culturally inclusive, oh god, that's really terrible. Aaron has held up swell Mel, and that's not okay. There's a not lot okay. going on there that's not okay. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't even pick out one thing to pull out of that. There were so many things wrong with yeah. it. And so, so these cards, I kind of agree with the parents shutting down the cartoon show, <laughs> being like, "This is not going to be all right." Ben, you're probably mad that they didn't shut down the movie, so they could have spared God, you nine viewings. Been, how dare you? <laughs> I also wish I had a better memory of like how I saw that movie. Like how it came to be that like I pulled that off the shelf at movie gallery or my parents were like, here, you'll like this. And probably as a kid, maybe it was great, but now holy crap. But there are a few things I think do hold up. Like I think the art is unique and interesting. Mm-hmm. Like they it's not cheaply, quickly done art at least the 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 og ones like they're quality it's cool and like it's kind of fun that we're like oh they're funny and you notice new little things in them when you look at them 
you know, the art holds up. Definitely just the, I know they didn't invent this, but the idea of collecting from a series, mm-hmm. like, definitely is still so strong. Like, I don't know when that started, just the idea of people wanting to collect from a single brand or a series or a toy line. But we've seen it for decades now of just the idea of trying to collect, get them all. Pokemon, probably the most popular collection toy or card of all time. Uh, it started back at turn of the century with tobacco cards with baseball players on them. Oh, oh yeah. really? Okay. Turn of the 1900s, yep. But the last component of Garbage Pail Kids that I think is really cool is Garbage Pail Kids are punk rock. They're counterculture. They are the yeah. lampooning of what everyone else thinks is popular and cool and in. And they're like, no. And they 180 it and mock it. And it's like funny and subversive and interesting. They they are punk rock music. And that is rad. That is awesome. That's bold. That's dangerous. They got sued for it. Like, But that is cool. That's edgy. And uh, I respect that. And I, I like anything that tries to do the counterculture uh, twist on what everyone else is into. That's cool. I like that they did that. Anyone in punk rock wants to be sued and banned. Exactly. That's you the whole goal. The right That's thing. the goal. Yeah. Christoph, der Kinder und Womp Womp Broken Heads. <laughs> uh, Nailed it. Nailed it. How do, how, do you, how do you think they hold up today? You know, as we mentioned, like some of these cards command big bucks from collectors, but I think we all know the nostalgia of holding these cards in our hands is priceless. What a delightful, bright spot from my youth, from the colorful creative designs, like Ben mentioned, to the silly plays on words. There was no greater joy than unleashing your pester power upon your parents so you could get your sugar-laced fingers on a wax pack, rip it open, and discover the treasures that lurked within. Somehow they unlocked my imagination into the wacky, the outlandish, and the possible. Ooh. As we mentioned, certainly some of these cards do not hold up today largely uh, with their portrayals of disabilities, gender identity, race, and other things. Mm-hmm. Though personally, I'm not bothered by the violence and drug references on these cards. I see them kind of for the parodies they are, but certainly other folks uh, will find those inappropriate. Mm-hmm. It may not hold up for modern kids. I'm not an adult. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not an adult. <laughs> you, I'm, wait, I am ostensibly. Are you three garbage pail kids in a trench coat? What's sure? going on? Uh, as a matter of fact, I am. <laughs> Run, boys. We've been had. So, <laughs> I'm not a parent, so I, I can't say. But for me, I, uh, those parts don't bother me. But certainly the other aspects I mentioned, problematic, as we've all mentioned, uh, do not hold up. So I'm kind of with Aaron. Like overall, it was a fun revisit of the cards. I don't see myself restarting my collection anytime soon Mm -hmm. or going on some case to find that missing binder from my childhood. None of that is my style. But I am happy to see the franchise has found a new life in the realm of parody, subversiveness, and contemporary pop culture. I guess I can just say, Lord knows we can use a laugh. Anyway, we can get it. Ah, nice. Gentlemen. I could not, this is such a blast. I could not have done it without the both of you. Ben, you are contractually obligated to be here, but thanks for showing up. Uh, (laughs) Punching in, punching out. Aaron, you had so many other choices of how to spend your Sunday evening. We are thrilled you came and shared your collection and your experiences with Garbage Pill Kids. Thanks so much again for being here. Our second time returning guest host. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like Tom Hanks on SNL. 
<laughs> we do issue a jacket at one point after your, awesome. fifth, your fifth. It'll be great. Look forward in the mail. Uh, but no, thanks. As always, you lend an expertise that neither of us are able to uh, land on our own. So thank you so much for that. This was in the niche sweet spot for my age. So absolutely. And for the absolutely. for the for the social meds when this comes out, shoot us a couple pictures of your collection, and we'll uh, if you want some of your favorite cards or something, sure. and we'll toss it out there. Sure. That'll be cool. That'd a be little helpful. mosaic, a little tapestry, and we'll put yeah. it next to the what was it, boisterous Ben card that we're going to yeah, design. Exactly. <laughs> the boisterous Ben card. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Amazing. Oh, so, so good. As usual, we need to be carried out on a note of surprise and a note of mystery for what we have in store for the next episode of 80s High. We can only look to one person, Boisterous Ben, to give us the news we need. What's coming up next, buddy? I think I want to do the German line of uh, Garbage Bell Kids. I think that would be really fun. The total Kaputin Kids. (laughs) Kaputin Kids. Um, You know, here's what I thought. I've done several topics this season that were like big growth opportunities for me to like learn about stuff I didn't know, but I know it was popular with a bunch of people. Yeah. But you know what? It's my time. It's Ben's time now. Exactly. And it's time to do something that I loved so much from the 80s that I knew and I know deeply. I want to get into it. Chris, on our flight home, yes. we spun up some movie entertainment we on did. flight. We did. And uh, there had to be some uh, some crossover in what we watched. And one of those movies was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Independently, we both chose that movie to watch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that might not be your Ghostbusters. That's that's your niece's or nephew's Ghostbusters. That might be even your grandkids' Ghostbusters. But my not, it's not really your Ghostbusters. And I want to talk about our Ghostbusters. But not the Ghostbusters you're probably thinking. I mean, the movie's a little too on the nose. Come the on. The toys? The toys? I want to get down to the nitty gritty. Not Ghostbusters Afterlife. Not Ghostbusters. I want to talk about the real Ghostbusters. Oh, the cartoon? The cartoon. cartoon. Awesome cartoon (laughs) series. Which, Chris, I would be happy to, if you're okay, I'll try and keep it short. Really, frankly, exists to sell the toys. So we can't not talk about the toys. Well, I mean, what cartoon did find us an 80s cartoon that didn't? So next time on 80s High, pull that green ghost out of the fridge. Rev up the engine on Ecto-1 and make sure all your buddies slide down the fire pole because we're going to talk about the real Ghostbusters. We are not afraid of any real Ghostbusters. That's exciting. <laughs> I remember the cartoon. Super so Jazz. Aaron, I'm did you watch excited. it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. man. So join the three of us. Aaron's coming back next time. <laughs> <laughs> on his quest to a green jacket. Three feet. Three feet. Oh my gosh. So exciting. Great pick. I can't wait. Very excited. I'll see you uh, riding shotgun in Ecto-1 next weekend. On 80s High. Thanks everyone for listening to 80s High Podcast by Ben and Chris. Our theme song is by Greg Reed at gregreedmusic.com with vocals by Chad Bumford. Show artwork is by Alex Goddard at alexgoddarddesign.com. If you like the show, please support us by passing a note to a friend in your next class. Also, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to help spread the rumor. Stay radical!